are living in captivity. Listen to this now. Hear, hear what I'm really saying. The survivors are living in captivity. They are living under great reproach and distress. Their walls are broken down. Their gates have been burned with fire. I want to talk to you today about what it's like to live with no margin, to live without any barrier, without any buffer, to live without any defense financially, to be open for every attack from the enemy. We don't have money problems. We have management problems. Amen, Pastor Darren. That's good. I'm telling you the truth today. I love you. That's why I'm going to tell you this stuff today. This is going to help you this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding. Help us to to really hear with our spirits today. And and please talk to us. May every heart be willing to just grow and to thrive and to be ready for where you want to take them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There is nothing in our life that doesn't have to do with money. This whole election that's coming up is about money. It is about who is going to get this economy turned around, and we wonder who's going to lead us out of the $16 trillion of debt, and we have this sort of real sincere case of avoidance about that, which is, uh, I, don't, I can't even think about that, or a sense of denial, which is, you know, I don't want, I, I can't even begin to comprehend it, and, and really that's the attitude we bring almost to our own financial world at times, where we say, I don't even want to deal with it, I don't know where it's going, I don't know what's going on, and we just, if I could make it through another day. Everybody's life is connected and revolves in some way around money. I mean, think of most of the arguments that you'll have with your spouse or with people you love are about money. Most of your worries are about money. It's why you can't sleep at night or why, why you have a hard time breathing at times. Uh, most of the drama that is in our life has to do with money. And most of us are thriving or surviving, not, not thriving in any, particular, in any particular sense. And so... We go to work, get up every day, go to the office. Why? Because of money. I know some of you love your jobs. I know some of you would say, I love my job. I love the people I work with. You're going for the money. That's why you go. How many people actually would say, no, 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 I go because I love my job. I would go whether they pay me or not. Anybody in here? Okay, one crazy person on the front row. All right. No, we go for the money. I like to eat, all right? I love all of you, but I do that. Listen, I love you, but I, I like to eat, and I like there to be a roof over my head, and I want to put my kids through college, and, and I want to, I like it warm in the winter. <laughs> We're motivated by money, but we don't understand very often about what God has to say about money and how he operates concerning money. We, we go about it the way that we think. And like I said a moment ago, we don't thrive, not because we have money problems, because we have management problems. And the result of our money management problem is that we are living without margin. We're living as a country without margin, but individually, most of us live without margin. And this is the report that Nehemiah hears about the captives that are in Jerusalem. Actually, there has been a great war Uh, And years and years before, about 140 years before, the Babylonians have come and have taken everyone away into captivity. Then about 70 years later, the first group of people, the first Jews, were able to migrate back. They were released to go. You know what the first thing they did when they got to Jerusalem? They built the temple. They constructed a place of worship. We're back in Jerusalem. We need to get the house of the Lord right. And they built the temple. But do you know it was another 90 years until this report comes to Nehemiah, and they're still living in virtual rubble. 
Okay, so, so think with me. They've got the house of God built, but their lives, they're living in rubble. The walls are broken down of the city. They're open uh, prey for every enemy to come in. They can't grow anything or build anything without having it stolen or taken from them. We compartmentalize our life just like that. How many of you would say, I need God in my life. I want God to bless my life. I want him all in my life. I want him to bless my marriage and bless my kids. And God, I pray that you'll help me with this. And God, I want you to bless my job and give me wisdom and all of that. And it's like we're having this little relationship with God in our little spiritual world, but then we don't invite God into any other part of our life. We build a little temple, but we don't invite God into the areas of our life. We've got a temple, but we've got no walls. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand that that's what people do? They compartmentalize, and so they say, God, bless my life. But God doesn't bless compartments. He either blesses your whole life or he doesn't bless you. He either blesses your whole life. Listen, so you can know God. You can know all the right things. You can pray, you can be a Christian, and you can be dead broke, and you're ineffective. If Satan can keep you broke, you're ineffective. You know why? Because you cannot live on mission for God if, you are, if you're living a life with no margin. If all the, everything he tells you to do and you run into an obstacle, there are no opportunities because I really can't do anything. How many people are living paycheck to paycheck, virtual broke, in, in distress, in, in reproach sometimes because debt has gone way beyond? Love God, pray, go to church, Asking God to bless them, but the walls are broken down, and there's no margin. It's not thriving. It's barely surviving. So you can't compartmentalize. There's got to be some desire in our hearts that says, God, I want you to have access to every part of my life. You can't segregate your financial world from, from your walk with the Lord, because he wants to bless every part of your life. So today, what I want to do is just lay a foundation for the wall of margin that God wants to build. If you're going to build something, there has to be a foundation. If we were just to build a wall today uh, without laying a foundation, right, Todd? The wall will tip over. There will be no peace. There, that there might be a momentary sense of that looks nice, but the wall won't stand. And so there has to be a, a foundation. As we start this journey about thriving, there are three foundational stones or anchors, whatever you call them. There's three things that we've got to get if we're gonna build any kind of wall of margin into our life, because let me tell you something, margin means peace. Margin means security. Margin means buffer. Margin means that I've got room, that if the income were to suddenly to go down, I'm okay, and I don't have to spill over my anxiety into everybody else because I have margin. Margin means I can live on mission. I can respond to opportunity and not be stuck behind obstacles. But how am I gonna do that? Well, let's build a foundation. There's three things I want to teach you this morning. There's the foundation as we start this journey together. The first one is this. God thinks differently than you. God does not think like you, and you don't think like God. I don't think like God. God thinks differently than us. Take a look at this scripture in Isaiah chapter 55, beginning in verse 8. God declares it from the outset that the way that I think and the ways that I have and the behavior of my life are so different. Look what he says. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways or your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God says... I don't think like you. My ways are not like you. The problem is we try to praise God and then govern our life by the way that we think, the way that we feel, 
the way that we think is right to us. And so that's what creates all of the drama in our lives. He goes on to say, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and they don't return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Now, listen to what that's saying. I love that passage of scripture, and you should highlight it or underline it. He's saying, the way I think is different than you, my ways are different than you, my words are different than yours. But if you will allow my words to get down inside of your heart, and they begin to germinate and grow, and you get my word on the inside of you, and you start to do by faith the things that I tell you to do, you, I will accomplish my purpose in you, and I'll prosper you. In other words, I'll cause you to thrive when my words get down inside of you. We think differently than God, and I'm so glad God does not think like me. You know, we think, uh, I'm important, and God says, you're nothing without me. We think, hold on to everything that you've got, and God says, give, and it'll be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We think, I need to exalt myself, and God says, you know, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, in due season, in due time, I will lift you up. We think that we need to take revenge and pay people back, and God says, no, uh, you forgive, and I'll settle the score. We do not think like God. And people who won't accept the word of God can't understand how God operates. That's why their lives are so full of drama. Because God is a God of order and he wants to bring his order into your life. When you pray, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, you're praying for order. You're praying for God, orchestrate my life. Okay, God, do that, but then I think I should do my life this way. That's why your lives have drama. That's why financial life is out of order. And so I just want to say from the outset, as we go into this discussion about God's principles, about how we should thrive financially, there's going to be times you're going to be sitting there going, well, that's crazy. That'll never work for me. That's not how I do my life. And I want you to remember, God thinks differently than you. Say that. God thinks differently for me. There are going to be times when you listen to, you see the word of God and you say, well, that doesn't make sense. And so... This is a spiritual test for you. The question is, do you want to thrive and are you going to trust him? Because God thinks differently than you. People who won't accept the word of God can't see his order come into their life because they're still going to say, well, I'll listen, but I'll do what I want to do. And so the first thing you have to know is is that we think differently than God. The second thing is this, is that the way you manage your money is an indicator of your spirituality. Or another way to say it is, the way you manage your money is a spiritual indicator. It clearly shows. Your money shows exactly what's going on in your heart. The way you operate and manage your money, it's an indication of your priorities and the things uh, where, where your heart is. Look at this verse in Luke chapter 16. I love this, where Jesus is teaching and he says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Wow. Doesn't that just say it? You can't be faithful in little things. 
Therefore, if you've not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, what's he talking about? He's talking about your stuff, your everyday managing of your stuff, your life, your bills, all of that. He's not talking about like spiritual offerings or giving tithes at church. He's just saying, if you're not faithful in the way you operate your daily life, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and, and consumerism, your stuff, your uh, things. You're going to have to choose. And see, God looks at the way you manage your stuff. That's what he's saying, the way you manage your life and will determine if he can trust you with more. Are you safe enough to bless? Preach on, Darren. That's really good. Are you safe enough to bless? That's what, that's what he's asking. God's no fool. He's not crazy. He, he looks at, he sees the whole deal now. And so he knows, how can, I, how can I bless you with more if you've mismanaged what I've already given to you? Well, I'm not mismanaging. Well, God looks down and he sees all of those credit cards maxed out at 24%. He sees all that. And how can he bless you with more? And you say, well, listen, I'm making the minimum payments. My credit's good. I'm taking care of the bills. Listen, listen, do you realize that when you, when you borrow that, at 24%, you gotta pay 24% back on the money that you borrowed. If you put the money into the bank, that same bank with the credit card is only gonna give you 2% on a savings account. Right there, 24% or two. It just tells you right off the bat the money's not being stewarded or managed in a good way. And God says, how can I bless you with more if you can't take care of what I've already given you. So I want you to move past just surviving and I want you to thrive because money is a spiritual indicator. I mean, listen, if I were to somehow, you know, if, if I were to call up TransUnion or Equifax and get a copy of your credit report and it came in front of me in my office, would I go, oh, praise the Lord, this is awesome. Or would I be praying my heart out for you? Like, oh God, help them, please. Because it would say, it would be a spiritual indicator of your life. You know, if you're going to get married, listen, get a copy. Young man, young woman, anybody in this room, you're going to get married, get a copy of the credit report. You'll thank me for that someday. That's for free. Because, because it is an indicator. It tells a story. Money's a spiritual indicator. Ah, dear, I'm not sure that I buy that. Well, go back to my first point. Okay. God doesn't think the way that you think. Listen to me. Let me just make it as, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just going to make an illustration that I think will hit home, okay? Can I do that? I mean, if, if you got the whole package, whatever you paid to Comcast or, or DirecTV, you got the whole package. You got the HBO and Showtime and Red Zone and the whole thing. You know, what is that, $160, $170, $200 a month, and you come in and it's like $5 in the offering, $10 in the offering. I mean, if you give God more to Comcast and DirecTV than you do the offering in your local church, it's an indicator. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying it is an indicator of where your heart is. So, so money is a spiritual indicator of the heart. And how can you thrive, right, if you're not inviting God to be over it all? I don't like that, Darren. I didn't like that illustration. Go back to my first point. God does not think like you think. What's my second point? Anybody? Money is a spiritual indicator. Let me give you the third one, and I'll get out of your way. 
God uses money to demonstrate his power. More than anything else, you want to see God show up in your life, and you want to see God's real. God shows his power through money. Money is the way that God uses more than any other way to demonstrate his power. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. I love that passage. That's another one to circle or to highlight or to just mark out in your Bible. God is looking for people uh, whose hearts are loyal to him, so that, who, who will, whose hearts are devoted to him, so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. He's looking for someone who's consistent consistently applying his word, who's, who's saying, God, I will trust you. God, I will not lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, I'm acknowledging you. I'm letting you direct my path. God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to follow you. Because listen, friends, don't you know that we serve an awesome God? We serve a mighty God. We serve a God who is able to do exceedingly above all that we could even ask or think, and he wants to show himself strong in your life. And the reason I'm not getting any, any amens right now is because maybe you've never seen God ever do that in your life before. Maybe you've never seen God show himself strong in the area of your finances, and you're missing out because you've never trusted him. So many people never experience this, but listen, in my life, I have experienced the awesomeness, the incredible power, the might of God. There is nothing like coming to a place where you've trusted God, and you've done it his way, and you've stood back, and there God shows up in the middle of your situation and pours out a blessing upon you that you didn't even have room to contain, that you didn't even see coming, but it showed that God was faithful and he was present in your life. Do I have any witness that that has ever happened in your life before just like that? He wants to bless you. There will come a moment if you allow yourself to trust God and start living by his principles, there will come a moment in your life where God will show himself strong and it will be a paradigm shift for you. Because at that moment, it will no longer be trying to wrestle out of God's unwilling hand some kind of you know, blessing that maybe he might want to do once in a while. All of a sudden, it'll shift everything and you'll go, there is no one like our God. There is no one like him. He is so awesome and faithful and he wants to bless me. He wants to make me succeed. He wants me to thrive. And once that shifts in your head, it is a paradigm of event for the rest of your life, the confidence that comes when you know that God has promised to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. It's a life-changing experience, and you need to know that. That's part of thriving. That's part of walking in the favor or the confidence of God. He wants to bless you, and he wants to show up supernaturally in your life. God is about to show up supernaturally in Nehemiah's life, provide him every resource that he needs, all the resources for rebuilding a wall, everything that he needs from the hand of his boss, the king. God's about to dump that all on Nehemiah's life just because he prayed and because he was loyal and he was devoted. God was about to give him everything that he needed and what couldn't have been done for 90 years God's about to do in 52 days a whole wall around the city is going to go up because God delights to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to him that's the miracle of the book of Nehemiah God still does that today Some of you are saying, well, that's just the Bible. That's the Old Testament. Oh, no, listen, I'm glad you asked that because God is still doing this today. He is doing it now. I've been married for 22 years. 22 years. Three children later, God has blessed us to meet all of our needs. 
Yay, God. I work in a church, and I tithe 20% of my income. I have no debts. I have no car payment. I have, I, have, I have a son in college. Look at God come bring a scholarship for him to play football at Wheaton College. Look at God just provide and for bless in every area of my life. Don't be hating me for that. Just learn how to play the game. <laughs> Listen. Okay, okay, I do have one debt. That's, that's my mortgage, but I'm well into a 15-year at three and a quarter percent. I'm telling you, God's faithfulness and his blessing. I've worked, my first job, I was 17 years old. I'm 42 now. So I've worked for 25 years. There has not been one week of my life that I did not bring God his tithe, at least his tithe, for every week I've ever worked and served him. And you know what? The blessing of God on my life has nothing, isn't just only in the area. I'm not just thriving financially. I look at the order in my home. I look at my children. I look at the blessing of God on them, and I just say, God, you are an awesome God. God, you are an amazing God. God, you are faithful. You are true. You cause us to thrive. He wants to bless us. There has never been a time that we have not, and I saw this even as a kid growing up. I, I, my parents could sit here and tell you story after story of God's faithfulness and his provision. He says in the scriptures, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children or their seed out begging for bread. Never happened. Never happened. Because God wants you to thrive and he wants to put margin into your life. And you say, well, Darren, that's just you because you have missionary parents, you're the pastor. Listen, God is no respecter of person. What he did for me, he can do for you. And you're gonna hear stories in the week to come of people in this church, debt that was staggering, completely free from debt, lives in order, set free, sitting right here in this room. Amazing how God can just totally transform and cause a person to go from just surviving to thriving. I don't want you to miss a single week as you hear the stories of what God has done. I'm just trying to tell you this, that God is searching. He's looking for people whose hearts are loyal to him to see if he can't show himself strong on their behalf. Now, if God could supernaturally, through the faith of one man, build a wall around a city in 52 days, what kind of margin can be built just into your life by the end of the year? I mean, in 52 days, if God could do something that nobody could imagine, what kind of margin can you build financially into your life by the end of this year? I want you to set a goal. 2013 is going to be on you like that. And if you don't set a goal and if you don't put a system in place and a plan, it's just going to be like any other year. So you have an opportunity. See, here's the funny thing. About six months ago, I put it in my calendar. Like yesterday, there was a marathon here in the area, and I told myself, I'm going to run in that. So I put it in my calendar. Well, yesterday it kind of popped up with the little, you know, uh, uh, announcement. I said, I'm not doing that. I hadn't trained. I hadn't done anything. I just deleted it. <laughs> well, well, okay, so that's what we do, right? We have this motivation and we have this energy and I'm going to, you know, thrive in 2013 and you'll get there and it'll be just like any other year. You have to have more than just motivation. You need a plan. And that's what the financial learning experience is all about. And that's why you got to make some time. If you're hearing God today, if God is talking to you today, move some things around and prioritize. Come out Tuesday night 
and take advantage of the free childcare and take advantage just some space with you and your wife to sit down and to listen. What are the next steps? How can I set a goal that in less than 52 days, by the end of this year, my life is gonna be on track to thrive? And here's the thing. If you do that, God will meet you supernaturally. There are gonna be people in this church that are going to thrive and it's gonna be ridiculous and you're gonna say, who knew? And God, my jaw is dropped because I can't believe that you showed yourself strong on my behalf. It's gonna happen. And I'm not talking about some weird prosperity gospel. I hope you understand this. I'm not talking about like, you know, using God. Stick in $5, come out with 5,000. If your financial strategy has the word Powerball on it, I'm not talking about that. Okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what happens. This is, this is about a relationship with God where you start to open your heart and trust him and do what he says in his word and over time put systems into your life the right biblical systems that over time will produce a life that will thrive and you will be on mission. And this is what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to rob, steal, kill, and destroy your life. And God is saying, I want to give you life into the full. I want you to thrive. So this journey that we're going to begin together is going to have one big goal at the end, that you would see the awesomeness, the greatness, and the might of an awesome God. And you will praise him like never before. You will see him show up strong in your life. You will be finally free. Great walls of protection will be built up around your life. And you'll be free to serve him and his kingdom and his mission will be established in the earth. That's my prayer for you. Are you with me on this? Is this going to be the greatest season we've had right here? All right. Well, let me pray for you right now, okay? And listen, listen open up your heart to God just, just now. Just open him up and say, God, if that's true, let it happen to me. I mean, talk to him. God, open my heart. I open my heart to you. God, I pray that for every person that won't be just a hearer of this word today, but be a doer. I know that you think differently than us. And so, Lord, it's hard. It doesn't make sense. But, God, I pray that we will have the faith to start trusting you. Lord, I just right now want to thank you and bless you and praise you for who you are, for what you've done in me. And what you've done in my life, I pray that you would do it for every person who's praying this prayer. Lord, you see every financial situation in this room, the good and the bad. You see those who have a lot of money, but it just evaporates every month. They really have no idea where it all goes. And you see those whose financial situations are a disaster and a wreck. And Father, I pray that you would begin to bring people back from the edge of bankruptcy and foreclosure. I pray that the one who's been searching for a job, just no job, I pray you can supernaturally provide employment. God, I pray that, that you would begin to bring order into our financial world over this next fall. Lord, this is something I want so badly for every person here. And I pray that they would have the faith, Lord, to trust you, even when it doesn't make sense, that they would uh, see that everything they do with money is a spiritual indicator. And Lord, they will see your greatness and your power demonstrated as they trust you. And for if, you, if you've not committed your life to Jesus yet, if you can't say, I, my heart's not even committed to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity today. Say, Jesus Christ, I don't know at all, but I know enough to know that I've been playing God with my life. I'm trying to run everything and control everyone, and it's not worked out, and I've hit a wall, and I'm here today, and it's not by accident. God, receive my life. Take my life. I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. I need his forgiveness. Come into my heart today. If that's you, will you just say, yes, God, that's me. Yes, God, that's me. Holy Spirit, you see every person praying that prayer. I pray you'd speak to them in Jesus' name, amen.
just stand with me as we get ready to close today? As we get ready to, to leave.